I must first of all apologize for my voice, as well as for the rest of me. Um, uh, uh, I have had um, uh, a bit of a difficult few days with the voice, so if you could pray as I preach, that would be a great help. It carried me through by the prayers of the people in Longborough earlier, so I'm sure the same will happen by God's grace here as well. Have you ever played that party game where people bring photographs of themselves as babies and you have to guess who they are? It can cause great amusement as people try to work out who each bouncing bonny baby might be. Sometimes the change between babyhood and adulthood is quite startling. For instance, who would have thought that pudgy pudding of a baby would turn into such a slim and elegant young lady? Who would have thought that smiling young man would have developed from such a scowling baby? But there again, though in some cases it's hard to recognize the adult from the picture of the baby, in other cases it's very easy. You take one look at the photograph and you say, that must be so-and-so. There's no doubt about it. The set of the eyes, the shape of the nose, the size of the ears, the curl of the hair, or whatever it is, is an instant giveaway. I had an amusing and rather sobering experience on similar lines last August when I went back to the beach mission in Lincolnshire that Anne and I had been connected with from 1957 to 77. I discovered there a photograph of myself holding forth on the beach pulpit and I said to one of the present team members, that's me. The picture dated from about 1958 or 59 and it showed a slimmer, more youthful, darker head, me, than I am now, not surprisingly. And the bewildered team member could not take in that the person in full flow all those years ago, and I, as I am now, are one and the same person. He could not see any likeness between the two. So, as I said, that was a rather sobering uh, incident. So, spotting a family likeness can at times be easy, but at other times can be a rather difficult business. Have you ever thought, I wonder, that there is such a thing as a Christian family likeness? If you and I claim to be Christians, members of God's family, we should be showing that family likeness and doing so more and more. We all fall short of God's standards and so it's good to remember that one of the wonderful things that God does for us is to give us his Holy Spirit when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. If we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, if we cooperate with him, then bit by bit he changes us to become more like Jesus. Paul in Romans 8 calls this being conformed to the likeness of his son. In other words, 
showing more of the family likeness as time goes by. In the passage from 1 John 3, part of which forms our verse for the year, we can learn something more about this likeness. Nothing to do with the shape of a mouth, colour of hair or way of walking, but rather with character, the way we live, how we think and react, what our priorities are. And we see in verse 1 what God calls his people. He calls us children of God, members of his family. This is the wonderful name by which God calls his people. And he not only calls them his children, but here assures them that that is what they really are in actual fact. Christian believers, both by name and by nature, are God's children. In these few verses, John speaks of three things which are features or characteristics of God, as distinctive as ginger hair or a turned-up nose in your family. First, there is love, verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, says John in tones of wonder. It's a wonderful word, lavished, isn't it? No wonder John uh, expresses his wonder and amazement at the lavish love of God. And this love is shown in the fact that he, call, that he calls us his children and makes us his children. Sinful creatures that we are, deserving only his condemnation and judgment, he yet loves us so much that he makes it possible for us to become his children. Here is, here is an amazing truth for us to dwell on and get our minds round. Not just on this, the first Sunday of 2013, but every day of the year. And although John doesn't say so in the early verses of this passage, yet elsewhere in the letter, many times over, he urges his readers to love one another because they had all been recipients of the love of God. So the first part of the family likeness is love, practical caring and concern for the welfare of others, putting others first and oneself last. And the second part of the family likeness is hope. In Romans 15, God is called the God of hope. It's very fortunate, I think, that that is one of the ways in which he's described, for he must be hard put to it very often to find anything good or worthwhile in you or me. He is the God of hope, the God who possesses hope, the God who embodies hope, the God who gives us hope. And as verse 3 tells us, hope is something which God looks for from his people. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. They, we, hope in him. 
Christian hope isn't a vague optimism, optimism as though you say, well, I hope it won't rain tomorrow or something like that. No, it is rather a firm and settled confidence in God, in God's love and God's purposes. To have hope in God when all things round you seem to be falling to pieces, when life is hard, when train fares rise and wages don't, when family life runs into problems, when news at home and abroad is gloomy, what a wonderful thing it is to say, yes, all those things are true, but don't leave God out of account. I have hope in God and I want to pass that hope on to others. God thinks enough of us to be hopeful about us despite it all. He expects us to have our hope set on him and so to show the family likeness. Love, hope, and the third characteristic of God mentioned here is purity, verse 3. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Holiness of life. Verse 3 states very clearly that the purity of God should be seen in the lives of those who worship and serve him. Holiness of thought, word and deed, of attitude and motive. These are some of the things which John would have had in mind here. It's a far-reaching concept, for it will embrace how we view and treat other people, whether family, friends, neighbours, those we work with. It affects our financial dealings. It affects our lives as sexual beings, our ambitions for the future, and so on. Holiness, under all its aspects, should mark off God's people from the rest of mankind. And it won't be easy, given the way in which society seems to be going. Holiness has two sides, a negative and a positive side. It isn't just a series of don'ts, a series of prohibitions, though that is one side of it, to keep away from everything that is wrong and offensive to God. But there is also the very positive side of being actively involved in everything good and right and wholesome and godly. Love, hope, holiness. Three of the aspects of the family likeness which God looks for. But of course these are not to be produced by our own efforts. No Christian can serve himself or my own work. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit can these godly characteristics be produced when we let the Holy Spirit come into our lives, take them over and begin to change them bit by bit. But that's not all for us as God's children to know and rejoice in. In these first three verses of 1 John 3, John draws a contrast between what we are now and what we shall become, between our present status and our future 
glory. Verse 2 tells us, Now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. No need to ask who the he is. It's our Lord Jesus Christ, who by his death and resurrection has adopted us into God's family and who has bestowed upon us his Holy Spirit. And this verse opens up a wonderful vista for the future of each child of God. A future that comes to us out of the love of God, that lavish love of which the Apostle speaks in the first verse. We don't know all the details. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God, but John tells us here that when he appears at Jesus' return in glory, we shall be like him. Human history, bit by bit, is making its way towards the great climax and consummation of Christ's appearing. And so it is, in a way, with the life of every individual Christian. In this life, we struggle slowly and painfully towards the likeness of Christ, with many sins and failures and setbacks. And even at the end of our lives, we may feel we've made very little progress towards that likeness. But whether we are alive or whether we have died on the day of Christ's appearing, we shall be like him when we shall see him as he is. The vision of the glorified returning Lord Jesus Christ will transform us. No longer shall we walk by faith, but by sight. No longer shall we be people of unfulfilled hopes, for we shall be in possession of all that we ever hoped and longed for. No longer shall we grieve and lament over our sinfulness. That will all be past, for we shall be like him, our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the glorious future that the Apostle sets before us. But we have to live in the present with the problems and difficulties, the joys and the opportunities of this present age. The hope of our Lord's coming, the hope of our seeing him, the hope of being like him, should impel us by God's grace and in the power of the Holy Spirit to show the Christian family likeness, the love, the hope, the purity, in joyful anticipation of that great and glorious day. We can therefore join John the Apostle in saying, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God with all that that implies as John goes on to explain. What a great message for the beginning of a new year. 
May the Lord be with you each day uh, that you live in 2013, producing the family likeness more and more in you. And, uh, and may you, at the same time, have your eyes set on that glorious future in store for us when the Lord Jesus Christ appears and we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and to him be all the praise and all the glory forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>